This episode of the Tabletop Submarine Podcast is produced by Cake Pie Games. Cake Pie Games, games that are a piece of cake to set up and easy as pie to teach. Welcome to the Tabletop Submarine, where we dive a little bit deeper into why we love board games. Strap in and prepare for a deep sea adventure. You're your host. Hey, Andrew. Do you know what I do when I hear there's a convention happening in Philadelphia? Besides go to it? No, I pack my bags and go. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Who? Oh, <okay. laughs> yeah! Hello, Voyagers. Welcome to today's episode of Tabletop Submarine. It's so good to have you here. I am your tired and and pretty much exhausted host, Josh. With me is my number one, number one, number two co-host. Oh, I'm a one one two now. Interesting. Is that like a weird area code? I don't. I don't, I don't even know where that would be. Probably California. Anyway, <laughs> this is Andrew, and thanks for joining us. But uh, today, I get to be you. I get to listen firsthand the same time that you do about Josh's wonderful experience at PAX Unplugged. First, I'm going to ask Josh, how does it rank for you for this year with the other conventions? Where is it at? So it is – the conventions I've been to this year, it's probably number one. Um, wow. Yeah, so it's 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 taking on different energy now. I think people are starting to really appreciate Philadelphia and PAX Unplugged as a convention. It was huge. Okay. Like it had the same energy as Gen Con from what from what wow. people were telling me. It was packed. Shoulder to shoulder. I think I heard somewhere close to thirty thousand people flooding in to the okay. convention center. So at this point it's it's surpassed origins and it's the strip in its publisher presence, I think lays testament to that. There were some big publishers there that weren't there at Origins. It's becoming a very big show. Yeah, I mean, oof, it, it was fun. It was fun. I was busy. I wish it was one day longer, mm-hmm. but I had a great time. If it keeps growing, that might be the next step. But I also heard a couple of small publishers sold out. They got rid of all their stock. So that is always a great sign. Yeah, small or it's a sign they didn't and, plan well enough. Small publishers and big publishers. The one game I really wanted to get at the convention was Zuvatus by Bitewing Games. And they're, mm. they're a smaller publisher, but they're releasing a lot of good Reiner Knizia reprints. And I went there okay. to get it, and I get there Saturday, and I see that – I look on their table, and it's just not there. And I got to talk with the, the person who was head of Bitewing Games. Sally didn't get an interview, even though he was interested. He, just, he was just so busy. Like it was, mm-hmm. I, I made a mistake. I, I, I made my interview day Saturday. And the reason I did this is because usually most cons are actually well staffed on Saturdays, and I might be able to talk to somebody. In this case, it was—I I don't think people realized how busy it was going to be, right. and they were understaffed. I did get some, still get some interviews in on Saturday, a lot actually. We have thirty-two interviews to listen to today, but man, it was—they they sold out of Zuvatus. I was very sad. I still got some—I didn't buy as many games as some people. I got like maybe three or four games, but. It was great. Absolutely insane how people were selling out stuff. Okay. Well, I always root for that because, you know, I want publishers to make as much money as humanly possible so that they continue to bring out new games all the time. And the better they do at these conventions, the more they can do these conventions. So they have all these cool side things that are going on. It's because those publishers are doing so well. So I'm glad to hear it. 
Yeah, I'm not going to be surprised if we see them expand bigger and farther into the convention center because the the Philadelphia Convention Center is huge. It's absolutely mm-hmm. massive. So there are places and corners that aren't being utilized by the convention center for the size that that is. I wouldn't be surprised though if it keeps growing like it is that we're going to see a shift into a different another hall across the street or something like that. It's it right. definitely has the possibility if people keep coming to it because Philadelphia has its advantages. It's, you know, it's a very easy location to get to parking is a nightmare of course, but actually staying in the city, there's plenty of Airbnbs and hotels, Mm -hmm. even 20 minutes away to like five minutes away. It's a very good hotel, very good place to stay. Lots of great food to eat. It's, Mm -hmm. it's just, there's so much about Philadelphia that works as a, as a scene for a convention center. Well, we have a lot to get through today. This is going to be a very, this is our, we're taking this as also our Christmas special. Ooh. Yeah, we're kind of turning this into like, oh, this is our holiday spectacular. Let's people do holiday specials. This is ours. It's PAX. And we're going to go through. I have a bunch of people I went around and interviewed, mainly publishers, a few designers, and some media people here and there. Mm-hmm. But we're here to talk about publishers, what they're showing off, what they're going to have for the holidays on their websites, how we can support them. Yep. Most importantly, we're talking about their favorite memory of PAX. And this was a lot of people's first time at PAX, actually. Mm-hmm. And so they didn't have too many stuff. So, so a lot of them shared their initial impressions and feelings about it, all of them being positive. So it was it was quite the it was quite the thing. So if, what we're gonna do is that we're gonna go into a pre-launch and Andrew, I'm just gonna give you the opportunity to ask any questions you wanted me about PAX for that set. I mean, whatever you want to ask me, and then we'll head into our dive, which will be all the all the different recordings that we'll talk about so you ready for this yep the pre-launch get to know us and our guest in the pre-launch we normally talk about one game we played recently but we're going to talk about one con i've been to recently so andrew (laughs) take it away ask me whatever questions you want about pax i'll do my best to answer all right. So normally at these things, you're running around, you're getting interviews, you're, you're taking care of business, you're helping out the podcast, you're doing all the things, right? Did you get to play any games? I did, yes. Um, okay. So Patrick Kepner and, and Scott from the Level Up Board Game Podcast. Friends was, of ours. Friends of ours. I was rooming with them. And so cool. one of the goals we had is that Patrick really wanted to play War of the Rings 2nd Edition. So oh, I know that's one of your favorites. You like that one too. It's very good. So I brought it with me and we set it up on our hotel room table and we just played it over the course of three nights. You know, we would, in the oh, morning, you left it up. We left it up. That was the easiest way for oh. us to do it. So we left it up. We woke up in the morning, ate some breakfast, played for a couple hours before we went to the convention. We got home at night. We got home, played for a couple rounds before we went to sleep. And so over the course, we were, I was kind of relearning it together with him. I came prepared so I could teach the basics. We were learning it together and we played it. So I did play that. As far as new games go, I got to play Inheritors from North Star Studios. Oh, I've heard good things about that one. Yeah, I wasn't for me. I, I okay. a lot of people at the table really liked it. I wasn't my favorite just because I didn't enjoy the actual card play, but I could see the appeal of it. The other okay. one I played that I really, really liked was Karai the Duel from Mugen Games. I think it's Mugen or Mugen Games, but Lucky Duck is distributing it. It's a little micro samurai dueling card game. But, okay. oh, the production, it comes in a nice velvet bag. It's like plastic credit card cards. They're nice and thick. Ooh, and okay. it has a really unique kind of almost like minimalist card style. 
Play some five minutes. Me and Scott played this twice just in the morning before I went to the con. Okay. Oh, it, it was such a good game. I really enjoyed it. The, the just the simple mind games that it employs, and the only you only have like five cards in your hand, you, you use two of them each turn. Wonderful, absolutely wonderful. Loved it. All right, you got me intrigued because one, I'm a sucker for samurai, uh, <laughs> and then two, uh, I have been looking for a two player dueling style game that I can enjoy and my wife can enjoy. So I got to check this one out. This was not even on my radar until you just said it. So I'll have to check this one out. So thanks for telling me about that one. I'm bringing it to Tantrum Con, so we'll play it there together. All right. Okay, what else? All right, so we all talk about the games, and it sounds like you got some of those, but I need to hear about the food too. What is the best food you ate while you were there? Mm, I didn't get a chance to get my regular steak because it was just so busy. But I think the best meal I had, I there was two. There was a good place that I ate at called the Sahara that okay. was right near our, our hotel. And it was a Middle Eastern place. It was really good shawarma and stuff like that. I really enjoyed that meal. But the mm-hmm. absolute best was Sunday night. Me and Scott, everyone else from our hotel room had gone. We were finishing up. I helped break down the all-play booth a little bit. And then I went over to the Game Toppers booth with Berkey, and Scott was volunteering there. And so I went over and helped them out because me and Scott were going to go grab dinner together. The place we went was called the Dim Sum House. And Dim Sum, for those who don't know, is like a Chinese – it's it's a mixture of a couple. I'm not sure if it's Chinese or Japanese, so I don't want to bite my tongue here. But it's a mixture of Asian foods that are – pretty much small bite-sized things are bring out in plates and you eat them like eat them like together and share stuff it was fantastic we had soup dumplings red bean mm. cakes mm. some delicious um bao and stuff like that and mm. it was just it was nice because me and scott were both exhausted we just sat down we were talking a little bit but we were just enjoying a meal together celebrating the end of a very successful pax we said hi to people who were also there coming in we recognized from the convention you know, just a great time, and the food was absolutely delicious. Scallion pancakes. Oh, I could eat scallion pancakes all day long. So, <laughs> All right. That sounds pretty damn tasty, so that's cool. Um, okay, and one of the other things that is great about this convention is meeting people that you know but don't know. You know? Like sometimes there are celebrity yeah. people or people in our industry or people that you have communicated with online but never met in real person. So Give me like a top three people that you met that you knew but didn't really know until you met them this time. Okay. If I forget somebody in the interview, I apologize. So <laughs> <laughs> I met a lot of people. I would say – I mean I, I got – it was all so very much brief. Like mm-hmm. we didn't get – not much interaction. Like, I got to meet Roberta Taylor. for This is not tough, but I got to meet Roberta Taylor. That was really nice. Mm-hmm. Really, She was so busy, but briefly got to meet her. I got to catch up with David Chirkop from Mighty um, Boards. Oh, nice. Yeah. I got to see Ammon Anderson, who we've had on the podcast. He'll have an interview later on in the right. show. So there's so, so many people. But if I were to do top three, I would say I would start with Cody Thompson from Jellyfish Games. Nice. Um, Jellyfish okay. Games is a small, small game. He Number three, He I was – you know, I actually want to say no particular order. I mean – he, we, we've talked for a little bit, but he actually sat down and played my game with me, Beach Day, I'm doing for Cake Pie Games. And mm-hmm. we had a long, good conversation. It was really good to actually meet him in person and catch up and, you know, just talk games. Secondly, the I got to meet the Secret Cabal. That was also nice. Really 
I got to have, you know, at the, the there was a cabal meet and greet, so I got to meet Chris, Don, and Jamie from Secret Cabal. Just say hi to them, say I appreciate the podcast. Nothing more beyond that. I got to have a little more of a extended conversation with Chris and Don. Um, not so much Jamie, but that was still I was still good to meet your heroes. But I'd say the number one person I got to meet, I'll say is a tie. I'll say Ryan Lockett. I got to say hi briefly. Nice. He was walking by, I said you're Mr. I, you're, you're Ryan Lockett, right? He's like, oh yeah, yeah. I said, I, I really appreciate your games. I love them so much. He said, oh, thank you. And I said, you have a good rest of your con. That was it. So that was just fun to meet him. The mm-hmm. one I actually had a conversation with though was Elizabeth Hargrave. Oh, was, nice. Uh, kind of a surreal moment. She was in the umpire room. And she walked by my game. She goes, beach day. That looks fun. And I was like, it, yeah, thank you. It is fun. Um, this, and I gave her the pitch for it. She's like, that sounds really interesting. And we were in the middle of a game. And much as I would like to stop the game and ask her to play, I'm not going to do that. We're in the middle of other play testers. Right. <laughs> I still got to talk to her. She sat down. I introduced myself, let, let her know that I played this at Undergrove. She invited mm-hmm. me over. She's like, hey, come and we'll talk more about Undergrove at our booth. And I said, I will. By the time I went over, though, she was in the middle of something. I just said, I waved her and she said hi way back. But I got to talk with her a little bit, talk to her what I'm trying to do with games. And she said she was really, she said she was really intrigued by the concept of cake pie and the game mm-hmm. looked really good so that was fun you know I, I talked to her for like two to th- two to five minutes it was just cool to meet her so yeah that's that's awesome that sounds great did any of those people uh agree to be on the show in a future episode um well no i didn't get to talk to them about the one, that's that's the funny part the one people people who i was so excited to meet i didn't even get an interview with I just wasn't able to talk to them. Like, I don't. A lot of people want to talk to Elizabeth Hargrave. That was the biggest regret. I couldn't talk about Tabletop Submarine in that time. Yeah. So that was the biggest regret there. Ryan Lockett. I was. I. I. The moment he walked by me when we were passing the meeting room is probably the moment I should have talked to him about it. You know. But the times I was actually able to speak with them, like with Red Raven and stuff like that, it just wasn't the right time. And I don't want us to get a reputation of being extremely pushy. Because nothing mm-hmm. will turn yeah. the publisher off as being than being like annoying that across them, right? Yep. And you know, I I told Chris and Don like you guys inspired me to start a podcast, and they said, "Oh, that's great and stuff like that." And I think eventually, if I, you know, if I keep being a fan of theirs, they might be able to come on. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, Don is my favorite on that show, and I know he's the most recent addition. But I think he uh, he provides some really wonderful insight in that show. So that's great. All right, so we took care of games. We took care of food. We took care of people. Those are the top three things for me at PAX. What is the one thing for you, though, that isn't part of that that surprised you or impressed you at PAX this year? So if I were to pick the top thing that impressed me the most about PAX, honestly, I'm going to choose the Unpub Room. Like, it was incredibly shocking how many people were in there at once it usually isn't and this might feed into like I, at my at my table during my times i was able to have people come down and sit and 50 percent of the time it was people who had never been to a board game convention before wow i only heard of conventions just they just heard about packs because they heard about it on the news or something like that there were so many people there for the first time they sold out of three-day passes and I heard they were consistently selling out of Saturday, Sunday passes because people were just buying tickets on a whim to come in and see what the heck was going on. Like, Love why? It. Like, because a funny story, me and Patrick did a whole math trade at the con. He came home with bare, like, it wasn't just for him, it was for people back at his home. He had, like, literally wagons and bags full of games. 
and hmm. we were coming out of the convention center, and I was holding two copies of Battlemasters, you know, Battlemaster in my arm, and he had a whole wagon behind him. And we come out, and there was a parade going on, of course, so it blocks off our path to get to our hotel. <laughs> but like, you know, you, when you if you're a person just in the parade and you see people coming out with loads of games, wearing these necklaces and giant backpacks, you're gonna wonder what's going on. And mm-hmm. you know, we tell them, no, it's a board game convention. Like, well. What kind of board games? Like, we should go and see. People are because gamers always invite people to come and see. Oh yeah, there's so many people there for the first time. Young families, just people who like maybe like D and D, but now are introduced to this whole world of stuff. Right. You know, it's it just seems like a good like Gen Con's been happening in Indianapolis for years, so people know what it is. But PAX mm-hmm. is relatively new, and people are still getting accustomed to it. And I think it just inv- the the way that people were invited in so regularly that it was I think that was it. That's great. And I could ask a hundred other questions, but we should probably start getting into the meat of the show. Oh yeah. Well let's get into the dive and hear from thirty-two different people about what was going on. Patrick, I got 32 interviews. And... <laughs> I'm not Patrick. Oh my gosh, you can see how tired <laughs> I am. Holy cow. I was, I, Ventures, I think Andrew can see it on my face, but I am beat to the bone. I mean, He's I got exhausted. home, I got home Monday night, which is great. I see my family. Tuesday, though, straight into editing for Board Games Insider, straight into doing this. And then tonight, I have to work at my game store. And then tomorrow, I have to edit this whole thing. It's We're trying to get this out as fast as possible. I'm exhausted, so if I make mistakes, I'm sorry. I've been talking with Patrick and Scott all weekend. So, Andrew. Andrew, my dear friend. Yes. 32 interviews. Yeah. And that's not even a fraction of the people that were there. There I'm were sure. so many publishers there that I wanted to. There were a lot of people who actually wanted me to interview them. They loved the idea of two to five minutes, plug what you want, get a story, and then share how we can support them. They love right. that. It's just they didn't have the time. It was so yep. – I think next year when I go, I'll set aside either Sunday to do that or mm-hmm. Friday to do that and just have Saturday be something else. I mean yeah. I was just busy. I mean I had Unpub I was plugging my games at and then I was working for All Play and stuff. Yeah. I just – I couldn't get it all done in one day. 10 to 6 was not enough. I did my best but this is – it's still a lot. I think this is the most we've ever had on one of these episodes but I'm sorry I failed you. <laughs> See, what I'm looking at here is a crater of your effort, and you're saying I didn't dig deep enough. And I'm like, you got a crater, my friend. You did plenty. Don't worry about it. Now, I was actually very satisfied, all joking aside, with what the – we got people who are just starting off on their Kickstarter on here to companies who are larger than life being willing to talk about their stuff with me. So I was very grateful. If you're listening to this, thank you. I'm just going to say a blanket. Thank you so much for giving up your time at PAX this weekend to give a little snippet on our podcast. We really, really appreciate it. But Andrew, should we just jump right into this? Please do. Let's go. Hey, Voyagers. We're here with Aldel Hyde. Thank you for telling me I pronounced that. Was that right? Aldehyde. Okay, I'll get that right. I'm sorry about that. But we're here with Aldehyde from AEG Games. Thanks so much for taking some time. What are you guys showing off this con? The most exciting thing we're showing off this con is Undergrove. It's the new game from Elizabeth Hargrave, who designed Wingspan. And in Undergrove, you play as a Douglas fir tree that's creating relationships with the local mycelial networks in order to create resources for your offspring. Yeah, I was able to actually be part of the playtesting in this group for this 
Fantastic game. How, how has the response been to this? It's been overwhelming. People are really interested in it. Everyone loves mushrooms right now, and the thing that's great about this game is that it's a scientific look at what mushrooms are doing in our environment. Awesome. So what's your favorite memory from PAX? My favorite memory from PAX is the big game night that AEG throws every year. Uh, this year we're going to have 200 people playing the same games at the same time in the same room. And it always has an amazing energy. So if people want to follow what AEG has next or they want to support you guys, what can they do? Well, you should definitely check out Undergrove. It's going to be in Kickstarter until next Friday. But also look forward to Let's Go to Japan. That's a game that we've got coming out this spring. Awesome. I know you're busy. Thank you so much for your time. We'll let you go. But have a great Kavan. You too. Yeah, so many things to think about here. AEG is really doing a great job doing a whole bunch of different things. Yes, Let's Go to Japan is definitely on my list of things to check out very, very soon. So I'm glad to see it. I mean, I really liked uh, Shake That City, and I liked a lot of the things they're doing. So this one seems to be in line with that same thought process. Yeah, it was extremely busy at that time. So I would love to ask more questions about the big game night and stuff. But she was willing to get – I so when I said I take two minutes, I took two minutes. Yeah. So it was good just to see, though. She was demoing Dead Reckoning. Lots of people wanted to see it. And so I was mm -hmm. trying to be respectful. And she was very excited about it. So, yeah, that's that was it looked great. Their booth looked great. It was a little chopped up beer where they had like a section for Dead Reckoning, a section for Undergrow, and then their storefront mm -hmm. area. But all the, they were they were selling out, too. I mean, people were buying the expansions for Cascadia and right. all the other different things that they have going on. I, I was able to actually help them sell a game, I think, because one person <laughs> walked up and says, hey, how's Calico? And then the worker is like, I haven't played it. I can't tell you. I tell you. I was like, okay, well, let me tell you. It's 10 <laughs> times better than Cascadia. And so the worker was like, give me the That's look. Like, really? spicy like, yeah. hot take. It's a spicy hot take, and it's true. And I'll fight everyone to the death about it. But yeah, the, they, bought, they bought Calico after that, so it's okay. So they owe, they owe me commission for that. I'll, I'll go do. after them later. <laughs> Let's go on to the next one. Hey folks, we're here with Ammon Aronson. Ammon's actually already recorded an episode with you for the podcast, and this is going to come out before that, but we're here with him. He's showing off his games at the PAX Rising Showcase. Ammon, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? It's a busy day, man, and it seems like you've, I, we've been trying to get you for a little bit. You're always so busy. How are things going at your table? What are you showing off? You know what? Today I'm showing off a game called Twinkle Twinkle, and I also have like a Gnome Hollow on the table for people who are interested in it, because people ask a lot of questions, but... Uh, honestly, it's been busy. Like I've had people at this table since like it opened yesterday at ten. We played we played twenty seven rounds of uh, Twinkle Twinkle yesterday, full rounds. I kept all the scorecards. It was crazy. That's awesome. How does it feel getting so much attention for your games right now? It feels really good. Like it's fun to like have people play things and like to be able to see their reactions because like a lot of times I do play testing online, and yeah. so being able to like actually like be here and experience like just total strangers pulling up and being interested and saying I was so attracted to this is a really fun feeling that, that's awesome so what's your favorite PAX memory Ammon uh, so far like going to sleep last night was my favorite <laughs> PAX memory and I didn't do it early enough this has been like this is a lot it's like it's a lot it's like a little it's kind of in between like uh, Origins and a Gen Con kind of a situation this is my speed I totally get you well you have people at your table. I want you to get back to them. If people want to support you, Emma, what can they do? Uh, you can just visit me on my website. You can follow anything. It's uh, www.levity.games, and that has links to all my socials. Emma, thank you for your time. Have a great rest of your time. Thanks. You too, man. Wow. A super nice guy killing it. You love to hear these stories. Twinkle, twinkle. I have not played, but I have heard a lot of good things, and he was part of the Rising Showcase, was he not? 
He was, yeah. He had a table there all weekend, and people were just flooding, flooding his table. He was constantly showing off. I mean, that was a brief moment when I was able to talk to him and catch up with him to give this interview. And again, I had to make it short because he was busy. You know, Ammon, Ammon is relatively new in this industry, I think. He's been doing board games for a while, but he is going to be a rising star really quickly. So Pax did a good job choosing him. He's going to be, he's going to do art for games. He's got designs that people are already pumped about. And he's, I mean, I'm probably not going to say which publishers, but I know for a fact three or four publishers looked at Twinkle Twinkle, the one he was showing off, and are already mm-hmm. interested in signing it. So yeah. it's, you know, it's it's the beautiful thing about this industry. Sometimes people just break through and have a great moment. Sometimes it takes years of work, just like everyone else. Okay, well, let's go. We got some people from Cephalofair. I was able to actually get appointments with the big dog themselves, who the Gloomhaven giant got two people. I was able to talk with Ark who is the graphic designer on some Cephalopair projects. And then the designer, Nikki Valens. I was able to talk to them as well about the games they were talking about. You know, I, I, I'll let them explain those. So let's get into, let's get into ARC first. Hey, Voyagers, welcome back. We are with ARC from Cephalofair Games. For those of you who may not know Cephalofair, they do Gloomhaven. Everyone, I, I've met people who just don't know that. It's kind of weird. It's like they say Gloomhaven's from Gloomhaven. No, it's from Cephalofair Games. Well, ARC, how are you doing? I am well. How are you? I'm alive and well. It's Saturday. It's yep. going to be crazy. I'm, I'm sure you're very busy. How, how has the two days of PAX been so far for you guys? Uh, it's it's been, it's been pretty great so far. Um, uh, Hectic, but good, yes. <laughs> so for those of you who may not know who you are, who, what do you do for Cephalofair? I am the graphic design and art manager. I help to uh, wrangle the various artistic talents that come together to make our games. Well, that's also uh, With graphic design and doing stuff like Gloomhaven and your newest release, Buttons and Bugs, how do you approach that? Um, so I, I have a graphic design background, and I do illustration kind of for fun. So I'm, I'm hoping what that does is it helps me... Um, better understand where our uh, different contractors are coming from and um, it helps me to uh, kind of manage the process. I work with the game designers and uh, our uh, any graphic designers that we bring on board to kind of make sure that the uh, the vision that the game designers have is uh, comes out on the final product. Awesome. So you've been busy this weekend, but I, I, what we're all here to ask for is what's your favorite memory from PAX? <laughs> um, my favorite memory from PAX? All right. So... Um, Penny Arcade has the uh, the C Team show that they did um, a couple years back, and uh, there was a decent fandom that gathered around that. We called ourselves the Shadow Council, and um, <laughs> we uh, there, there still are meetups at uh, at different PAXs. But the first the first time I went to one, um, it was PAX East, and uh, it was just this offsite thing at a at a bar called Coppersmith, and uh, we all just hang, hung out. I got to meet some great people from the community. Um, and uh, I also met um, a good friend of mine, Patrick, there. And uh, we meet up at PAXs all the time now. He works for uh, Voodoo Ranger. Awesome. So, with, with these, so is that something you look forward to every year, then, just meeting people you haven't seen in a long time? Yeah, it's like a family reunion, but like in the best way. <laughs> like family <laughs> reunion affectionate. <laughs> with people who aren't family, right? So there's a lot less pressure. Yeah, right, right, right. Very good friends. Um, and yeah, PAX is just the meeting place. It's great. Well, if people want to support you, Ark, or they want to support Cephalofair Games, wherever, how they can support you, what can they do? Uh, buy games from Cephalofair. Check out Buttons and Bugs when it's uh, when it's fully released. It's out for pre-order now. Um, 
and uh, yeah, yeah, we really appreciate everyone's support and enthusiasm for our work. Awesome. Thank you so much. I'll let you get back to your day, but you have a great rest of the con. You too. Thank you. Yeah, there's nothing better than the family you choose, right? Like show up to something, meet some people, and then become family. That's that's really great. And I feel like PAX is, is that essentially with people I haven't met yet. So I feel like it's a target-rich environment for amazing people to now become my new friends. It really – I'm really sad you couldn't make it. That's out this year because people were asking about you. They were Aww. saying, hey, is Andrew doing the same thing? I'm like, no, it's just me this year. He's like, oh, darn. They're looking forward <laughs> to seeing you, man. They're looking forward to seeing you. Well, so I'll be back next make sure. year. So I had to take the year off. Nah, I understand it. It happens sometimes. So, but yeah, no, it's it's funny how people you can just meet them at a con and come back and pick up where you left off. And there's a there. I actually didn't get this gentleman's name, but there was a gentleman who I met uh, at Origins this year. We played a mega game together. We played Den of Wolves, and we mm-hmm. became really thick in that game as an RPG standpoint. And we bumped into each other at the Smirk and Dagger booth. And I think we forgot we forgot each other's names. So I was like, "Hey, how are you doing?" And we talked about, it. "So, hey, did you play any mega games?" He's like, "No, this con." And we talked for like five minutes, just catching up. And I said, "Hey, wait, actually, I'll see you at the next con." He's like, "Yeah, man, I'll see you." We gave each other like a handshake and like a shoulder hug, and we went on our ways. We don't know each other's names, but you know, I felt the <laughs> connection with him just because we recognized each other from that experience at Origins, and we were looking forward to seeing each other at this con, even if it's for five minutes and just catch up. It's How important crazy. are names, really? They're not that important. It's They're the people not. that are important. Exactly. I agree. Well, let's head over to Nikki Valens. Hey, Voyagers. We're with Nikki Valens, designer. And, you know, you've, you've actually designed a lot of games. I, mean, I can't even sum it up to a couple, but you're a designer. You're here with Cephalofair. How are you doing? I'm all right. It's been a, a pretty uh, busy con so far, and it's only going to get busier. What you been up to this con? Well, so far I've been doing some demos of Buttons and Bugs here at the, uh, the Cephalofair booth uh, and got some more of that tomorrow as well, but there's certainly a lot of people out here. Uh, how are you, how are people, sorry, whoa. how is the reception to the new Buttons and Bugs game from Gloomhaven, for, from the Gloomhaven line? It seems pretty good so far. Uh, everybody that's come down to uh, do a demo of it has been pretty surprised as to like how much depth there is of the mechanics. Uh, a lot of people didn't really know what to expect at all, um, yeah. so they just kind of sat down and they were just like, wait, is this the whole game? And it's just like this tiny little box, and it's like, yep, it fits all right in there, fits in this, the palm of your hand. Uh, so it's been really nice to see a bunch of people coming down. Some people are excited to kind of get to play it after they backed it, or people just not even knowing what's going what's gonna to happen, but everyone's been pretty excited about it and enjoying it. Awesome. So what can people, what can backers expect from this game as soon as it gets into their hands? Well, if you are already a fan of Gloomhaven, I think that you're going to get pretty much the same tactical little puzzles that you expect from the Gloomhaven system. Uh, It is a solo game, though, so it's a little bit more simplified in terms of how much stuff is actively happening at a time. But it is a much faster experience as well. Uh, Even though there are 20 scenarios in this tiny box, you can play each of them in just 15 minutes once you know the rules. So it's very quick to play through. You can literally play it on the tray table of an airplane. Awesome. So here's the question we're all asking, though. What is your favorite memory or experience about PAX? There's a lot of little things here and there, but honestly, I think it would have to be literally last night uh, being uh, brought into the uh, 
there's an event that Rose Gauntlet runs that's called the Big Gay Dinner, uh, which is basically just a lot of the queer and trans uh, designers and everyone else who's in the industry just kind of getting together and getting time to just kind of like network and, and have fun together. Uh, it's a great experience because it's been, you know, I've been in the industry for over 10 years now, and from the moment that I started, uh, it's always been like, okay, I feel so alone. Like, I didn't really see a lot of other trans people in the industry. Um, so it's, it's great to see years later that we can have a room full of, you know, 90 people, and we all know each other, we all, like, care about each other and, and can support each other. Uh, so it's, it's really great to see just more people, you know, like me, more people who understand the things that I've been going through uh, in the industry. Uh, it makes it feel like we're, we're making some progress, finally. We're getting somewhere with, uh, you know, making the industry a little bit more inclusive, and we'll be able to extend that also to the player base. Awesome. What would you say to any people who are in that community that you want to reach out to? You take opportunity to say anything you want to them. I would say, I want you to feel welcome here. Like, almost all of what I do as a designer is trying to get all of you to feel like you can be a part of this hobby, whether that's as a player or a designer or any other part of the industry, because, you know, we of course need sales and marketing and convention management. We need everything in this. So, if you feel like you want to be a part of this in some capacity and you've always felt a little bit you know, estranged from it for one reason or another, just know that we are out here and, and we got your back. Okay, so if people want to support you or Cephalofair, what can they do? Uh, I'm not actually sure about Cephalofair. Probably just keep an eye out on uh, the news from their website. They're, they are doing uh, crowdfundings every now and then. So if, if the games that they're making are interesting to you, go ahead and, and back those in some capacity. Uh, for myself, um... I don't know. I mean, you can find me on on Twitter at Valens116 if you want to. That should have some links to my other stuff, though I don't spend a lot of time there. Uh, I do have a coffee if you just want to throw a little bit of money at me. But other than that, I don't have much set up right now. I've been thinking about doing a Patreon, but I just don't know what the levels would be or like what the rewards would be. Well, glad to get a little sneak peek. I'll let you get back to the cons. It's busy for you, but thanks so much for your time. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Yeah, I really 100% agree upon this inclusivity and, and we're better because of it. Diversity creates more opportunities and, and more cool things. And, you know, it's funny. The big gay dinner is not for me. And, I'm, and I don't want to crash it to take it from somebody else. But there are so many awesome people going to that. Some people that I do know that I'm like, I want to meet the people I don't know. And I want to crash the after party. I don't want to go to the dinner. I don't want to like take away from others. But I want to go where they hang out next. That's where I want to go. So I love that this is one of those things that uh, it helps people in the community to feel more included and also helps embolden them to do more things. PAX especially is one of their missions and goals is to make sure people in that community feel welcomed. Mm -hmm. They are very focused on that. Like they had signs on bathrooms. They pretty much tried to make all the bathrooms all gender bathrooms mm -hmm. so that people wouldn't feel uncomfortable. That was their goal. So that's, that's, that's something PAX really emphasizes. It's 
It's funny that they emphasize it so much because you get lots of interesting. I, I think the best word is expressive characters at the con mm-hmm. because of that, which is fine. Be, be who you want. It's just you know someone from the south who's not used to that. You know, getting that you're like, oh wait, okay, well no, I'm here now. Yeah, <laughs> it's just you turn a corner and see, you know, someone in cosplay, but they're it, it just throws you off a little bit. But you know, it's fine. It was just something funny to me. I had to laugh about. You know, the one thing that's great about our hobby is that. You can be, you know, like me, a southern kid who doesn't get exposed to that. I know it exists, obviously, but, you know, you're not around it too much. And you go there, you can play games with them and have a great time. And, you know, totally. be friends because of that. That's one That's one of the things I love most about the hobby. As long as you're not, you know, an a-hole, you're welcome. <laughs> Let's head on to our next clip. Hey, Voyagers, we're here with Bernie Lin from Dead Alive Games. Bernie, how the heck are you doing? How's the con going? So far, so good. Uh, we love PAX U, and we're always happy to be back here. So you have a couple of games just showing off. How about you talk about them for just a little bit so we can know what Lunar Rush... Let's want, just give it in. What Dead Alive has going on? Uh, yeah, thanks. Uh, so right now, we just got Lunar Rush out literally in October. Uh, so it's been going really well, getting a lot of buzz. Uh, so we're showing that off. It's a simultaneous play Euro game where time is a resource that you're trying to manage. Uh, so... Well, you are one of the corporate conglomerates that discovered these new better diamond and better gold on the moon, and you're trying to ship people up there to build up your moon base to mine it and ship it back. So pretty much you're all, you're, there's a lot of different mechanics. You go from like light bidding, bidding your own money, to choosing the routes uh, to get stuff onto the moon, and then building out your moon base resource management, building management. But the key thing is timing. If you want stuff this turn, you can only take very few things. If you're willing to wait one or two turns, you can take a lot more. So it's that combination with time management as well as a normal Euro uh, resource management type game that makes it super exciting. And how has the reception been to this game at the con? Uh, at the con, it's been really good. I mean, people are looking at it like, I think anyone who hasn't heard about it before always goes, oh, like when I talk about the timing part. And then the other part that's also really uh, interesting to people is the simultaneous play. Like, you could play this game, four players, in, uh, all beginners, in 90 minutes. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that's really short for, like, a heavy Euro like that. So the, the question that we have on our minds right now is, what's your favorite memory of PAX? Uh, my favorite memory of PAX is actually from just after the pandemic, uh, whichever year that PAX reopened. Uh, we came here, and uh, one of our good friends, Michael Berger, he runs the uh, miniatures um, area. Uh, gave us a couple tables to run Omicron Protocol, our first game. And then we were like, normally it's a miniatures game, definitely is more niche, so we're not expecting too many people. But then we, we got there five minutes before it started, thinking like, oh, we'll have plenty of time to set up. And there was a crowd of like 16 people standing there waiting for us. And we only had like the two of us. And the game plays up to four players. So... I mean, the two of us together, like I was trying to set up, Brendan, uh, my partner, was like trying to teach like 16 people all at the same time in this kind of loud convention hall. But we got it through and then just throughout the weekend, pe- the reception of it was like just crazy. And that's definitely one of the things that sealed PAX U and like in our memory as one of like our favorite conventions. That is, that is, ex- yeah, that, that's a great scenario, but also understand the stress for that for sure. Well, if people want to support Dead Alive Games, what can they do? Uh, I think just come check us out at www.deadalivegames.com. We are putting out more and more games. Omicron Protocol is our first one. Lunar Rush just came out. Cyber Pet Quest is a co-op adventure in a small box featuring one of the 
Bionic Cats from the Omicron Protocol <laughs> game. Uh, that's coming out hopefully in 2024. And then we have a couple card games hopefully coming out later in 2024. Awesome. Thank you, Bernie, for your time. I'll let you get back to it. Your booth's busy, but we'll see you later. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Okay, so here's the lesson you got to take from this. Expect yourself to be successful and busy. Like, don't don't think you can skimp by with one or two people. Just it doesn't matter how big your space is. People want your game, especially if it's a good one. So if you believe in what you're making, make sure you got enough people to help you at least spell you to go to the bathroom at least. <laughs> That's a very important lesson. And Dead Alive is, I think, a company to keep our eyes on. I okay. think. I mean, they got Omnicron Protocol, which released at an unfortunate time during the Omnicron variant of COVID, but people mm. still played it and loved it. Luna Rush is getting very good reviews, and it's very yeah. popular. This is a company I think we need to keep our eyes on, which is lucky because Bernie is interested in collabing with us. So Ooh, here's hoping right. something for that in the future. Okay, let's go to the next clip. Hey, Voyagers, we're here with Bob Craig from One Day West Games. Bob, how the heck are you? I'm doing just great, thanks. So, is this your first time here at PAX? How many times have you been at PAX before? Uh, this is our fourth PAX right now. Okay. How does this compare to the rest of them? Uh, this is the best year so far. Yeah, it's the, it's the funnest. I mean, it's obviously the largest, I think, version of it so far, and it's just been a blast. I actually still have some voice left over to actually do this interview, but... Yeah. Thankfully, all the people are giving us like cough drops and all kinds of stuff. So awesome! So, how, what do you got? Sorry, uh, that was my bad. <laughs> Sorry. So, what are you guys showing off this week, this year at PAX? Sure. Uh, we have Monster Highway, we have Sheepumba, we have Kenosa, and we have Maze Craze. Okay. Which one? Are you, which one are you most excited about? Actually, Maze Craze right now because I literally picked it up Thursday from our warehouse. So we were going to debut it, and we were holding off, and thankfully we got the call at eleven o'clock. I took a drive for an hour and a half to go pick up the, the freight, and now we have it here, and it's been a hit at the show, so it's been great. So good reception all around to it? All good reception. Yeah, a lot of fun. Everyone's enjoying it. Awesome. So what's your favorite PAX memory, Bob? Uh, I'd say the best one is uh, just from where we started from nothing. We were just like regular designers with our Monster Highway was our first game. Uh, I think our best memory is just people coming around saying like, hey, we remember you guys from when you had Monster Highway, and now you have all the second and third and fourth game, and they've supported us. So it's kind of just cool seeing people following us along the way um, as we've grown, and uh, it's great. It's this awesome community of board game people. It's, it's, it's probably a bit surreal, too, as you guys have grown now to a pretty big booth, and you're you know amongst giants in the tabletop industry. How does that make you feel? Oh, it feels great. I mean, like this, this is like our, our, our side side gig for us, um, and it, it's something that it's a passion project for us. It's something we enjoy designing and publishing, and uh, want to change it for the world. Is, so, if people want to support One Day West Games, what can they do? Sure, they could uh, visit on our website. It's uh, onedaywestgames.com. Uh, we're also on Twitter, uh, Facebook, and Instagram, all at One Day West Games. Awesome. Well, I'll let you get back to it. Saturday's a busy day, but thank you so much for your time, Bob. You're welcome. Thank you. See, this is what I'm talking about. Somebody does one thing as a passion project, right? They get it out there. They find success. People like what they do. Then they get to do a second project and then a third project. And of course, they're growing as they go. And then people are anticipating what they're doing next. This is so much fun and so interesting. And I really hope that those of you out there who aspire to do this, take that chance. Yeah, they are good success story. I really hope all the best for One Day West Games and Bob Craig. 
Well, now we're going to go and talk about talk to not a publisher, but a media person I've become acquainted with over the last couple of years. Hey, voyeurs! I'm here with Bob Crowell, one of my favorite people to see at cons from One Board Family. Bob, how you doing? I'm doing good, Josh. How you doing, man? We're doing good. We haven't known each other for long. We met at ProtoHL last year, but we became Facebook friends. And we try to support each other's content. Sometimes just, that just makes a good acquaintanceship, good whatever you want to call it. I just enjoy seeing you. But how's your packs going? Uh, tiring. <laughs> so I'm uh, I'm exhausted, but I mean that's every con, right? Because we don't take care of ourselves, right? So no. we we wake up early and we play late, right? <laughs> that's the life of a board gamer, whether you're media or whether you're just a regular consumer. That's what we do, right? Wake up early, get to the con, go to dinner, and we game until two, three o'clock in the morning, right? It's the best life, isn't it? It, it really is. Okay. So people may not know what's one board family. Uh, so One Board Family uh, is currently now five members, uh, and we just love board games, right? Uh, we write about board games, we do audio, video, meet, uh, written, all kinds of content on all the socials. Um, Ryan and Aaron do an Unmasked series every Friday night. They're absolutely nuts. I can't believe they're still doing it <laughs> after like two years, three years, something like that every Friday night. Um, yeah, we're just all about the board games, man. Just consumption of board games as much as we can and helping sharing those things with everyone that we know. Nice. So here's the question we're all, ask. we're all asking. What's your favorite memory or story from PAX? So I don't know that I have a favorite memory, specific memory from PAX, but um, the crowd that I run with, right, um, not not clickish, but like the guys that I know here, we all come out there together. Um, decided so PAX is what Friday, Saturday, Sunday, right? Yeah. So we actually decided one year, might have been like 2018 or 19, um, that to come in three days early, purposely to do nothing except hang out. Nice. No, <laughs> so. PAX is actually one of the longest conventions for us uh, because we come in so early and we just we just hang out. We go like one year, uh, Isaac, a couple guys went to do, uh, my buddy Isaac, went to see the Liberty Bell and uh, we want to go, we were planning this year to go to like um, the Eastern State Penitentiary and things like that, right? Uh, we get extra gaming time. We get extra food time because that's important, right? Food is important at a convention. It's two things at conventions, board games and food. And they're both very, very important. So it's just a fun thing that we do. We get extra time in the convention. So it turns it into one of the longest cons that we have because I think Origins now shrunk itself. It used to be an added day, and now that's a day shorter. So for us, PAX coming to Philly is the longest convention we do in the year. So yeah. awesome! So uh, that, that's that's PAX, man. That's that's conventions in general. It's you see people you'll see six to twelve weekends a year, and you just try to party and enjoy as much as you can. So if people want to support One Board Family and support you, Bob, what can they do? Uh, you can actually go to OneBoardFamily.com. That's gonna give you absolutely everything. The links to all of our socials, TikTok, YouTube, uh, Instagram. I think we might even have a MySpace, I'm not really sure. 
Um, but all the links are going to be up there. But if you ever need to find us on any of that stuff, it's always at One Board Family. Well, Bob, I'll let you get back to it. And thank you so much for giving me your time. You got it, brother. What a fabulous idea. Let's just show up early as a group and we'll just hang out for a couple of days. That is amazing. And I met Bob. I like Bob. I like Bob's beard. He's a good dude. <laughs> um, he's pretty ruthless at, at playing games, but of course that's what you wanted of a, of a, a game player. So that's good. Um, I know he's playtested my games and he's said nice things. So, you know, it's not, as far as I'm concerned, he's top of my list as far as people you want to hang out with. And uh, I think I might have to steal this idea. I think, Josh, you and I, we're going to have to pick a convention and just show up a couple days early. What do you say? I'm totally down for it, man. Let's rock it. Let's get our next clip. Hey, Voyagers, we're with Bree Goldman from Arcane Wonders. That's right, the Arcane Wonders, one of me and Andrew's favorite publishers. We're here in the little back area of PAX. How are you doing, Bree? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. So you got a lot of games you're showing off today. Like, Arcane Wonders always has some great games. But what are you guys focusing on showing off in Sierra PAX? So I heard you mentioned the Arcane Wonders, but not the Bree Goldman. <laughs> You've got, you've got me on the show today. You've got the Brie Goldman. Yes, we do. Uh, so we have uh, World Wonders is our big uh, game at this show. It is a polyomino placement game with these incredibly beautiful wooden monuments. So throughout the game, you're spending your gold, you're building roads, polyomino buildings. But then when you meet the requirements for a monument, you get to place this beautiful monument on your board that can be... Chichen Itza, which we built a stack of out of uh, World Wonders out here in our booth. Uh, Very nice, by the way. Thank you. Uh, and then there's also like the Trojan horse, the uh, the Moai heads, Easter Island heads. Yeah. Lots of different familiar faces or familiar shapes, I suppose, in those monuments. Uh, we also have Age of Wonders Planetfall, which is based on the video game of the same name. That's a very fast card drafting game. You play over the course of seven planets. You draft two cards from each planet. Plays up to six in 45 minutes. Awesome. So how has the reception been to these two games? It's been terrific. Uh, World Wonders especially has been really hot. Yeah. And Age of Wonders Planetfall, I'm amazed at the number of people who are super excited about it, even though, like me, they haven't played the video game. Uh, it's I actually I'm, I play a lot of video games, and I feel like this is one that I would particularly enjoy, but... Even though I haven't played it, I love this game. It's it's played so fast, and it's even I get it, and it goes up to six players, which it's hard to find in games. Well, we're really happy that you guys are having so much success with Wonders. But the story, we're all, the thing we're all here to ask about is what's your favorite memory of PAX? So, I've been coming to PAX for a while now. I think this is my my fourth or fifth year. Okay. Well. Um, and I, I, there was only there were only a couple before my first. Yeah. Um, Probably my favorite memory is actually from when I was working at a different publisher. I'll just leave I'll leave them unnamed, and that way <laughs> I, don't, I won't. Publisher I can, over now. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, but it was not Arkin Wonders. Uh, but we had a day where a game that we were not expecting to sell out of was suddenly super in demand. Like, we had a line of people, people buying more than one copy. And it turns out that that morning, it had been mentioned on the Shut Up and Sit Down podcast. And it made such a difference. Like, we thought we would be taking games copies of this game back with us and here we are with a line out the door how did that change your view on how reviewers and like pretty much reviewers the media and games relate now that you're kind of marketing for arcane wonders how does that change your view and stuff uh so yeah it's definitely really impressive what an what an impact shut up and sit down in particular has 
Uh, but more, more than anything, I feel like reviewers help to get the excitement out into the world about these games. So we get games into reviewers' hands, they can talk about the things they like and don't like about a game and who it's best for. And people tend to find reviewers who they tend to like, identify with and will play games that they recommend because they have experienced that that person tends to recommend games that they like. So that's something that I really look for when I'm working with reviewers is to make sure that any game I send them is something that they feel is a good fit for their channel. And it's not every game is for everybody, but that's, that's my credo, I suppose, is, is to look for a good fit with every reviewer. Awesome. So this is coming out a week or two after PAX. What's something you want to leave with our listeners about Arcane Wonders? Uh, Arcane Wonders makes a huge line of strategy games. Uh, we're best known, I think, for our Dice Tower Essentials line, which is actually a, a product line chosen specifically by Tom Vassell of the Dice Tower for us to publish. So we've got games like Onitama, Four Gardens. <laughs> Onitama's terrific. Um, we have a Dice Manor. We have a huge line of products in that line. Uh, and then we also just have, we have a wide range of uh, player count, skill level, and time required. So we talked about Age of Wonders Planetfall playing up to six in 45 minutes. You've also got Critters at War that is only plays two, much like Onitama. Love those ones too. But but they play super fast. Yeah. So you can just squeeze a game in really quick, or you can play a bunch of them in a row, and that's what we're best known for. Bree, thank you so much for taking time out of your day today. Have a great rest of your packs. Thank you. You too. I love that you got Bree on the Bree got on our show, but you know, Robert and his team, they do an amazing job, not just the presence at the, at the convention, but the energy, like there's always people buzzing around that place and he keeps the energy going and they keep the energy going. And they're one of the better teams of demoers out there. I feel like those tables are never empty. And part of that is the greatness of the games, but also part of that is the the energy, the enthusiasm of the people who are working that booth. I don't know what kind of magic sauce he puts in their team dinners, but uh, they do a great job. And yes, I'm a big fan of their games. I own, I'd probably say half their collection probably at this point. <laughs> so yeah, uh, love what Arcane Wonders is doing. Um, and the planet fall does sound very cool. I got to check that one out. I haven't seen it personally yet, but I'm looking forward to it. It does look very, very cool. Let's go into our next clip. Hey, Voyagers are here with Grandpa Bet Games. We have Chris who's representing them. Chris, first year PAX, how's it going for you? Fantastic. Great to be out here. Um, great to meet so many new people that uh, maybe know, you know, maybe know of us, but maybe don't know a lot of the games that we do. So. It's been great to just chat with people here the last couple of days, and we still got one more day left. It's, I really wanted to stop by you guys, because like I said, my entire family loves Cover Your Assets. It's one game I refuse to play because I get so mad. <laughs> I get absolutely furious in this game, yeah. but my family loves it. Um, so what are you guys showing off at this con? Well, we do have Cover Your Assets here. It's, it's the game that you know can hurt some feelings sometimes, but you, know, <laughs> what, you, you take it and you deal it out sometimes. Um, here at PAX, we just released last, uh, oh, yeah, in October, our newest game called Toil and Troubles. And it is a push-your-luck style game. It's the first game that we've done of a push-your-luck style. Artwork is fantastic. It's got a magical theme built into it. Uh, works really, really good as a two-player game. I know those, those are kind of hard to find out in the world. 
um, but it's got a fantastic player uh, down to two up to six. Um, really, really good adoption of that out of the gate. We're super happy with it. So this is your first patch. What's impressed you most about PAX so far? I really love, I mean, the, the, the diversity of people out here. You've got some that are uh, heavy gamers. You've got some that have never gamed before in their lives, and they're just out here to kind of see what's new. So it's been, uh, it's been so fun talking with people from all these different backgrounds and, and introducing people that don't game to the idea of Grandpa Bex. So if people want to support you, what can they do? People want to support us, you know, pick up one of our games, play it with your friends, your family, and, and spread that love. Talk about the games. Um, really, the, the best times playing come not from the conventions. They're great here. But really, you know, if you take the game home and you play it with friends, you play it with family, that's where the memories are really made. So do that and then talk about Grandpa Bex. Well, thank you so much for your time. You're busy. I'm busy. I'll let you to it, but have a great convention. Thank you. Appreciate it. Skull King basically takes over the world. Then you've got Cover Your Assets, which is more of a take that kind of thing. <laughs> and now you got some Push Your Luck. So, uh, interesting. I'm going to check out this Toy on Trouble because I do like a little Push Your Luck. And uh, that sounds like a lot of fun. So, very cool. I tell you what, that I did buy Toy on Trouble. It's one of the few games that bought this convention because his pitch afterwards really sold me on it. And yeah, I hate Cover Your Assets. I mean, I told him that. Like, I hate that game. My, <laughs> all my family loves it. And he just laughed at that. But, you know, it, the Cover Your Kingdom sequel to it actually, I think, does a better job. I almost picked up that one too, but I decided on Toil and Trouble instead because I do love me a good little Push Your Luck. And a two player Push Your Luck game sounds fantastic. Hey, Voyagers, we're here with Chris Solis from Solis Game Studios. It's it's audio. It's okay. I, I People expect video. It's okay. He just gave the peace sign. It's all good. So, Solis Games, we got Pocket Paragon. You have a lot of stuff going on here. So, what are you guys showing off at PAX? Yeah, so here we're talking about two things. One, we're talking about our next Pocket Paragon set, which is Acquisitions Inc. themed. Nice. And we have characters from Acquisitions Inc. down the Pocket Paragon system. And for those who don't know, it's a 10-minute lightning-quick dueling game. It's a great little filler two-player game. Um, we also have Spaceline Divide and Conquer, which is our uh, longer-form strategy board game. It's kind of like Marvel Snap, except five players, and uh, has StarCraft-like armies in it. Nice. And, uh, yeah, we have media copies for that here. We plan to release both in February. Awesome. So how has been, how's the reception been to both Pocket Paragons and Spaceline here? Yeah, Pocket Paragons has been very well received. Uh, for two years it's been out. Uh, and people love it. It's super easy to get into, um, and people have it with them all times because well, it's a pocket game, right? Yeah. Um, and there's like over 70 characters, so it's it's been very, very popular, and it's doing great for us. So I, I saw in your booth you, you're doing Acquisitions Incorporated, great IP, but I got excited because I saw a little poster with characters from a comic book I love called Radiant Black. How did you guys swing that? What, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So we were at San Diego Comic Con for fun, not as consumers. <laughs> And then we just, I mean, we got introduced, but casually in, bumped into Kyle Higgins and his friends. And they were like, hey, we're looking for a card game. And I'm like, hey, we make card games. I'm talking true organic. And then we showed them the game, and they loved it. They're like, we're looking for something like this. This Pocket Paragons, is, it's not a TCG or anything. It's a, it is a fighting game. Characters have static kits. And uh, we found an opportunity to, to combine and, and uh, make that a reality. So the next Pocket Paragon set is going to be uh, uh, the Ma Massiverse theme. I, I'm I'm gonna try to have to convince you to come onto our Kickstarter show to talk about this because I 
I absolutely adore Radiant Black. It's one of my favorite superhero comics to come out in a while. So I'm excited for this. I am pumped for this. If our listeners want to support Solus Game Studios, what can they do? Yeah, um, two ways. Um, visit us, uh, follow our mailing list, uh, buy our games. You know that helps a lot. We're like crazy indie or family owned, uh, so it helps a lot. Um, really, that's just it. Uh, talk about our games, man. Thank you so much. I'll let you back to your booth. But have a great con. Thank you so much. I got a gift for you. Now, what you didn't hear, Pat Andrew, I'm going to jump in on this one. You didn't hear. It's the very end. He said, I had a gift for you. And he pulls oh. out a little pack of Massive, the, a little preview of the Massiverse collection for Pocket Paragons. Now, I love the Massiverse. When I saw that piece of paper advertising it, that's when I started to get a little, little fangirly. I there was, was some so, drooling going on. Some drooling, like I was, an, I, I had some passing interest in Pocket Paragons, but this, who I'm, I'm probably gonna back this just because I love Radiant Black and that whole storyline. I'm, I'm not finished the story yet, but I've got the first two collections, and I am just super into this. So I don't know much about this line, uh, and I now have to explore it. I have to go find out what's going on now because it sounds really cool. That's the wonderful thing about these conventions, that you're going to see things you haven't seen before and talk to you haven't met and find new loves, maybe. Hey, Voyagers, we're here with Craig Campbell from Nerd Burger Games, creators of RPGs. Craig, how's it going for you today so far? Pretty good. Uh, the convention has is rocking and rolling. Friday always, you know, first day is a little slow. Saturday, everybody kind of wandering around, getting their bearings, looking at everything, but it's really picked up. It's, uh, it's, it's a good time. So, so we have lots of board games to listen to us. More RPGs are coming because I'm a big RPG guy. But what is Nerdburger Games? Uh, Nerdburger Games is uh, me, basically, <laughs> and, and about 50 really great freelancers that I've used over the years, um, making RPGs that I wish existed or you know, kind of exploring corners of the RPG landscape that perhaps don't get explored as often. Um, and just making uh, anything from like a little 30 or 40 page zine game up to something that's closer to 200 pages and more robust. Awesome. So, yeah, my wife loves Secret of the Vibrant Isle. I'm hopefully going to swing by and get Secret of the Vibrant Sea for her today. So what are you guys showing off, though, this week at PAX? Uh, the big new stuff here is uh, Code Warriors is less than a year old. That was a Kickstarter last year. It came out uh, earlier this year. Um, and that's programs living inside of a computer, and the, cr- the system starts crashing. So it's the apocalypse. So think Tron uh, meets Mad Max. Um, and then this year also we kind of uh, kind of paid it off for the longtime fans where we did a supplement for Good Strong Hands um, called uh, What is Light Without Dark? And then a supplement for uh, Die Laughing called Die Laughing 2, Die Laughinger. <laughs> Love that. How's the reception been to those games so far? Uh, really good. I mean, uh, a Good Strong Hands is kind of my baby. I love that game, so I was thrilled to be able to do um, a supplement. I actually got to meet the... Uh, I've, I've known the artist, you know, and worked with uh, the artist for the supplement on, and met her for the first time in person, actually, today at the convention. Awesome. Great. So, what everyone's here to hear about, what's your favorite PAX memory? Oh, and this is going to go to the, one of the games you were talking about. Um, uh, Secrets of the Vibrant Isle, which is a solo game that plays kind of like an adventure game plays a little bit like uh, choose your own adventure, you know, but you've got a character and stats and you can improve your character and and gain uh, companions and so forth. And um, 
solo games have been really big the last few years, and people come around you know, like, and, and they'll ask, do you have any solo games? And I'll describe that game. And um, yesterday there was somebody who came by who uh, doesn't get a chance to play a lot with other people because they kind of live out in the middle of nowhere. They were, they get, I got the life story. Yeah. Um, and they were thrilled to see solo games. And so many of the ones that they've already found are like journaling, uh, journaling games, prompt-based games, and they were thrilled to find something that's like, oh, this is like a whole adventure, basically, that's laid together. And they kind of like had this moment where they like they felt like they found something really special, and that really like moved me. It was really cool to see somebody find something that like they were looking for it, and they found it. For those listeners, that's what RPGs are about. That's the beautiful part about any RPG. So that's awesome. If you want to support Nerdburger Games, what can they do? Uh, you can go to nerdburgergames.com. Um, you can get uh, uh, some of the game books there. The ones that are there are usually the uh, like the fancy, f- fancy schmancy printed ones. Yeah. Uh, you can also find all our all of our stuff, including PDF versions, at drivethroughrpg.com. And I am Nerdburger Craig on Twitter. Awesome! Thank you so much for your time. I know you're busy. I'll let you get back to the con. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Thanks for stopping by. All right, so RPGs are taking over the world. And if you don't (laughs) play an RPG, you don't have a group to play it with, here, play by yourself. That works too. Cool. You could do some journaling. You can do some exploration of a new world. It sounds like a book, but it's interactive, which even sounds better. Count me in. Yeah, we're going to need you to get like an RPG session with me sometime. Maybe when we decide what con we're going to like go early to. And we can invite a bunch of people we know to it as well. I can break out like I, I'm one of, the, one of the books I got was Ten Candles, which is an extremely okay. good RPG and extremely thematic one. I'll have to pick just one of them. Maybe we can sit down and have an RPG session together so I can show you the glories that you're missing. Sounds great. Hey, Voyagers, we're with Dan from Monster Fight Club showing off a plethora of awesome-looking games. Dan, how's the show going for you guys? show's been very well. We've had a really strong uh, response from everyone here. It's good to be at full power. We have a a lot of good box games. Our Cyberpunk, Borderlands, Technical Town always seem to draw big big crowds in for us. I mean, obviously, those are some just giant names. How are are people responding to your handling of the IPs? Oh, people love it. I mean, uh, Gearbox themselves loved everything we did with Borderlands. They said, whatever you guys need, we'll help you out with. Um, so that, that game's got a long life. And Cyberpunk, which has a huge, huge following, everyone loves our game. The mechanics are super smooth. The models are fantastic. So everyone's very happy with the gameplay. It, it doesn't break the bank, but it's giving a ton of replayability and a ton of depth. Absolutely awesome. So what's your favorite PAX memory, Dan? My favorite PAX memory? Probably my first one. Okay. Just being here in the crowd, seeing everyone here is all part of the board game culture, saying... Speaking the language, essentially. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I want to do this. If I roll that, can I play this? Like, absolutely. Like, I, I think just that's the overall experience. Walking in and seeing 30,000, 40,000 people here all ready for board games, that, that's definitely my best memory. That's awesome. That's what it's all about, right? Yeah, just doing that. So if people want to support Monster Fight Club, what can they do? So supporting Monster Fight Club, you can obviously go to our website, monsterfightclub.com. It's relatively simple. But come to the booth. Check us out. Check up our website. We've got these games out there in the market. Tag us if you're playing Cyberpunk. Tell us how much you love Borderlands. If you got Tentacle Town on your table, send us some pictures. That's what we want. We love seeing our community playing our stuff because we know people love our games. No one's ever played one of these games and turned it away and been like, ah, oh, that stinks. They want, I want more of this. I need, I need more of Monster Fight Club. Well, we, we know you're busy. It's Saturday afternoon. Don't have a lot of time. I'll let you get back to it. But thanks so much for giving your time today. Appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome. All right. I only have one piece of umbrage here, and that is what is the first rule of Fight Club? 
You don't talk about Fight Club, but this is Monster <laughs> Fight Club. You can talk about it all you want. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I actually, uh, it's been on my thought to share more of the moments that I have on my tabletop with the world because one of the joys I'm starting to get now is people that have print and play versions of my game are posting pictures of my game on their table. And oh my God, is that a dopamine rush? It's huge. It's crazy. It's it's like a roller coaster. Just seeing it, you're like, hey, hey, wait, that's mine. That's so cool. Uh, so yeah, do that for your favorite publisher. Help them out. Just you know, send them a note, send them a message. Doesn't be public. Just say, hey, my family and I played the game yesterday and we loved it or liked it or had a great time or whatever. Those little moments keep us going. Yeah, I'm just gonna have you. Let, I should just have you take over the Instagram. Let's be honest. You take away more pictures than I do. We'll talk about that later. Hey folks, we're here with Dave Beck from Patterson Games. You might know him there for their hit game, Distilled. Dave, how's it going? Not bad, thanks. Yeah, it's been pretty crazy here at PAX. Uh, we've got Distilled. We've also got our new game, Luthier, as well. Nice. How has the reception been for the new game, Luthier? It's been pretty hot. So we've got uh, demos that people walk up, and that's always kind of a standing room only. And then for actually playing the game, we get, we get a chance for people to test a couple rounds and sign up for that has always booked up within the first 10 minutes of the day for the rest of the day. So it's been pretty crazy. Awesome. And how are people reacting to Distilled being more readily available now? Yeah, so that's been fun. So now that Distilled's out in the market, people have the game, but they're coming for expansions, they're coming for promos. Uh, so that's been really fun. Also to just interact with the fans, people that have uh, played it a bunch of times and wanted to let us know and also meet each other too. So that's been fun. So this is your first pack, so maybe not quite time to reflect on memories yeah. yet. But how is what's your impression of this convention and PAX in general? Yeah, so it's been a really neat time to be able to see something that doesn't happen in the summer. I'm always at these summer cons. This one's in December, right? So here in Philly and PAX, it's been, I can see it's a gamers con where they want to buy games, they want to play them. I couldn't believe the size of the free play hall, oh, yeah. how big that was. And immediately, once I got here, I realized I need to get some games in that library so people can play. So I took a, a stack of distills over there right away to donate to the library. Awesome. I'm sure people are going to love it. So if people want to support Paverson Games or follow you, what's coming next for you guys, what can they do? Yeah, so they can go to paversongames.com or Paverson, either one they want to pronounce it that way. So um, that or at Paverson at, uh, or at Paverson for the Twitter, for Instagram, for Facebook. You're going to find us there. Again, for Distilled, it's already out there. They can find it. Um, we're almost sold out, but then they can also find Luthier to follow that for the Kickstarter that we're going to launch in 2024. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. Let's get back to your booth, but have a great convention. Thanks a lot. Yeah, Luthier about making instruments sounds really, really cool. Uh, Distilled is not totally my kind of game, um, but... He's doing a great job with his booth and his demo skills and people are out there and the art in his games look great. They're so inviting. And of course, I'm a man who loves a beverage, so I can't wait for his next attempt at some sort of uh, alcoholic beverage game because I definitely think the game is high quality and there's a game out there for everybody. So his game is a little more luck based than I prefer, but that doesn't mean it isn't for somebody else. What about you? Are you a big fan of Distilled? Haven't played it yet. I haven't had the opportunity to play it. It just hasn't happened. So no comment there. No comment. But you do <laughs> right. His booth does look amazing and is very, very busy at the convention.
Hey, Voyagers, we are in the PAX Rising Showcase, which shows off the hottest games coming up in the future. I'm here with David Gordon from Uncommons Publishing. David, how the heck are you doing? I'm doing incredibly. Thank you so much for stopping by, Josh. Absolutely. Well, we've, we've met a couple times before in passing because we kind of in the same sign circles, but I heard you had a game coming out, and I wanted to show some love for it. So what are, what are you guys showing off here in the, the Rising Showcase? Yeah, I appreciate that. This is a game called Floristry. You're a flower shop owner and you're competing in a Dutch auction, which means that the clock goes down and the price drops at every every three seconds. So you're waiting to find the right moment to get that inexpensive flower for your shop. And uh, whoever does that the best wins. Awesome. How's the reception been to it? It's been pretty incredible. Um, a lot of people say they would like to buy the game if we had it. Um, Right now we're collecting emails because we're planning to do a Kickstarter in the spring. So um, people are entering their emails and uh, that's been pretty exciting. It's the first time I've been on this side of the fence, I guess. How does it feel being on this side of the fence then? Uh, it's definitely a different experience. <laughs> I'm adjusting to it. I love, I mean, I love it. I love seeing people smile when they're playing my game, which, you know, it's, I've only seen in playtesting. Yeah. Awesome. So. What's your favorite PAX memory, David? In 2019, uh, I was pitching around for the first time. I'd really never pitched before. And I became aware of how incredible this industry is and how friendly people are. First, because I ran, walked, just walked by and talked to um, Kurt Covert of Smirk and Dagger, and he said sure I'll, I'll look at your games what do you got and I sat down with him and he said oh this looks interesting um, let's meet later tonight I'll get my t I'll play it with my team and I went and I play I, I went to met Kurt and he was playing something else and it was like 11 p.m. Yeah. and it wasn't until midnight that we started our play test and play tested like early morning and that just showed me the commitment that the publishers have and the love of the games that they have and it was just really an incredible kind of welcome experience into the industry. Awesome. Now, now you're full circle, right? Now you're on the other end of it. I don't know if I'd go that far, but <laughs> I'm certainly, uh, I'm certainly been to a few more shows and yeah. Well, if people want to support you in Uncommons Publishing, what can they do? They can go to uncommonspublishing.com. That's uncommonspublishing, all one word, dot com. Um, there's a little... Um, uh, button there you can press to go to the floristry page and you can enter your email and find out about our Kickstarter when it comes out. Well, hopefully we can have you on the show when that gets closer because we can talk more about floristry. But I'm going to let you go for now so you can get back to your game, but thank you for sharing your time with me. So appreciate it. Thank you and have a great day. All right, so a Dutch auction sounds very cool, except that's not how PAX works. The longer you wait, the less games are available. It, it doesn't get cheaper as it goes, so you got to grab them when you <laughs> when you have a chance. But I love the idea of this flower bidding game where it gets cheaper as you go, but it may not be there when you're ready to pay for it. So very cool. I'll check that one out. And yeah, I love this rising showcase. i getting to see some cool things that I have not had a chance to see before. Uh, did you get a chance to play any of the games in the rising showcase? No, I was too busy getting interviews. <laughs> well, you did a good job of that, so that's right. <laughs> Let's move on to the next clip. Hey, Voyagers, I'm here with Eric Yavish of Yadco Games. They're releasing your first game. I want to let you talk about it. But this is a game that I bought for my wife, and she's absolutely in love with not only the game concepts and stuff, but the artwork. 
So, um, David, how are the heck are you, and what are you showing off at PAX? Uh, so we're showing off our first and only game, Mycelium, a muscling game. Uh, it's a game where you're building your mycelium network, expanding it, and trying to connect to the different locations, and uh, placing your gatherer mushlings down, predicting where the nutrients would be to be at the right place at the right time, and bring home the, the nutrient tokens. And you're trying to be the first player to reach 10. It's just a race to 10. First player to get 10 wins. You're also managing a, a hand of mushling cards that have different powerful abilities on them. Um, and managing your resources to try and gather How's the reception been? Uh, good. It's uh, We've been slammed today. I know we exhibited last year, but last year at PAX we only had our uh, Kickstarter campaign running during the convention. So we were just basically pitching the game to people. Uh, and now we actually have two demo tables. We have a wall of copies uh, left over from the Kickstarter. So we've been selling those and it's been going really well. Awesome. So what's your favorite PAX memory, David? Uh, I would say probably the first time we came to PAX was for Unpub. We actually came to PAX Unpub with Mycelium, an early version of it, to playtest it. Uh, we playtested it and then uh, basically scouted out the whole convention. And it was just so fun because we actually had time to like, we playtested it and we had time to actually enjoy the convention and go to the tournaments and that. Uh, last two years we were, we've been working it with our booth and now uh, we're doing that again today. But Unpub is just such a fun place. It's probably my favorite room at the convention because like, we went around to different panels, supportments and stuff, but just playtesting people's copies of the game was just a lot of fun. Um, and it's just, there's everything there. There's stuff from cards written on index cards to fully almost produce games and it's, it's great. You'll find all games in the process there, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah. So if people want to support you, want to support your game company, support Mycelia, a mushroom game, what can they do? Uh, so you could follow us on, uh, we have an email sign up right now. Uh, we are going to get a website up and running where we can sell some of these copies online. But uh, for now, we have an Instagram. Uh, you can find us at Yadco Games. Uh, and also you can support Abby Toes as well. She's the artist. Uh, she has a big following on Instagram for her mushlings. The mushlings actually came before the game. So it's my ceiling mushling game. It was based on her art. So I made a game designed around the mushlings themselves. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, you're really busy. Let's go back. But thank you so much for your time, man. Yeah, thank you so much. Nice to meet you. So the world is being taken over by shrooms and fungi. That's what it seems like. Uh, well, you know what they say. Shrooms make you a fungi. Oh, oh. I, did I set you up for that? I, yeah, that was you a tea did. Ball. That was that was such a tea, oh slow goodness tea ball that was like it's like one of those balls that's like a magnet on it. I just whacked it right out of the park. I but mean, yeah. I guess anything that a Smurf can live in has got to be not so bad. It's true. It's true. In this game, I'm still looking forward to playing it, and I can't wait to see what they do next if they continue on with this idea of the art and stuff like that. But yeah, I'm excited to play this one. I've had this one, so I thought I'd give them an interview. I'll give them an interview. They were kind of to get, let me have their interview with them. So but that was exciting. Hey, Voyagers, we were at Dennis Northcutt in part three of the Galactic Cruise Team. We got TK and Colton last time on Origins. Glad to be able to have you. How are things going for you guys at PAX? You have a booth now, so that's crazy. Yeah, the booth has been absolutely fantastic. We've been running demos nonstop uh, this whole time. Um, Many people may not know my voice, but my voice is actually very different today. <laughs> I was, I was it, it was only like part way through yesterday that I was like, "Oh, I'm already feeling like this," and this is part way through of day one. So, um, yeah, definitely my voice is a little shot, but everything's been great. The demo's been running well. We had um, a sign-ups to play like full games and uh, a two-hour game and things like that. That filled up basically immediately. So, Oof. it's been fantastic for us here. 
Awesome. Well, our Warriors know a lot about this game because we talk a lot about it on our podcast, like just in passing and stuff like that. But the real question I want to ask today, what is your favorite memory story from PAX? Uh, so I'd say my favorite memory so far, uh, yesterday we had uh, a guy, like, we, we were setting up for uh, uh, running games out in the main uh, playtest area, or not playtest, but the play hall, like the free yeah. play area, and uh, this guy just happened to be walking by, saw it, stopped, asked us about it, and then pulled out his phone and was like, my partner has been talking about this game nonstop, and he called him and was like, hey, come over here, you got to check this out. So it's just really cool to see people that actually like recognize it just while they're walking by and and are excited about it and everything like it's so cool to see everyone else's excitement for the game so so if people want to support Kinson Key and Collector Cruise what, what can they do uh, well they can buy the game on Kickstarter <laughs> <laughs> when's the Kickstarter coming out uh, so we don't have an, uh, an official date yet we will be announcing that soon but look out for it in March okay thank you guys so much con's about to open so you guys are busy I'll let you guys go all right thank you have a good one yeah, what is there left to be said about Galactic Cruise at this point? Uh, it is going to be the hottest game of this next year. Uh, art by Eno Tool, incredible gameplay. Guys who have been devotedly working on it for three years now and have polished every little bit to be polished. People may not know this, but I rarely kickstart anymore just because it, it's just not a good for me, way to get games because by the time they get to me, I may or may not like them and then I'm stuck and fully invested. Now, I want to support people like that, but my wife has said, let's not do Kickstarters much. But she's already said, this one is an Instaback. As soon as it becomes <laughs> available, I am backing this one. So they already have my pledge. My pledge finger <laughs> is ready to pledge. So if you haven't already heard about it, definitely check this out, but absolutely support these guys. Yeah, it's going to be a great one. I actually saw someone post about it on Board Game Revolution, and they were like, oh, they, they were basically a very negative review of the game, the first one ever. And mm. I want to say that they handled it with lots of grace because the guy was spewing Good. out the biggest pile of horse crap I've ever heard. Someone, he played it wrong, I'm sure. He, he, he that the demo, they, they had a couple more demos. Maybe the demo didn't explain it too well. But when someone right. says that Galactic Cruise seems more complicated than like on Mars – like Kanban EV, I you're, you're coming it. from someone who is a very simple gamer. I love the simple games. It's horse crap. Like I, I know for a fact that I, I've read, I've started reading the first page of On Mars, and I got diarrhea from reading it. Like it was, <laughs> it was, it was it, there's no way. So th this game is going to be incredible. I'm, I'm backing it too, just to support these guys and get it out there. Vidal Asserta says, "You're welcome." <laughs> Hey, Voyagers, we're here with Isaac from Montage and Games showing off his new game, Arbor Falls. Isaac, how the heck are you? I'm doing great. Uh, I love being at PAX Unplugged. I love the energy. I love how everyone here is a nerd. They love games, and then we're all here to experience the same thing. Yeah, well, this is the first time I'm meeting you in person. We met online a couple times. I play tested this. <laughs> Pause here. We'll just... This is my favorite part of PAX, is the announcer always interrupting us. He does always, I don't know if you're going to, I might leave this in just for the heck of it, but like, he always comes on those inopportune times. So I'm going to start speaking. So you're showing off, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait. Okay, so you're showing off Arbor Falls. I played this very early in your process of it. What can players expect from this game? Are you bringing it to Kickstarter? 
Yeah, so I'm, uh, my tentative plan is bringing to Kickstarter in May next year. So everything's going smooth, so I believe that's going to be very attainable. Um, so the big things uh, I will say about Arbor Falls is I, what inspired me to make this is I played the crap out of Animal Crossing uh, during the pandemic. And we were coming out of the pandemic, my wife and I was like, why don't we make a board game that's about a group experience like that? It's still a competitive game, but it still has that kind of friendly, wholesome village feel. Um, so the biggest things from since the last time you played it, um, and something that I'm trying really hard with my first design here, is that most board games have um, the, the base game, and then you can add in modules to make it more complex. Well, I want to do the, other, uh, the opposite. So I want my board game, this is how you play it. It's got all these pieces in it. And it kind of gives you this kind of like um, crunchy, light, medium complexity, uh, almost a medium game. And I feel like a lot of board gamers enjoy that. However, you can remove all of the thinky modules from it and have it scale down to be able to play with interested non-gamers, kids down to the age of 10 or 8, um, and then slowly add it back the modules back in until they're playing the full experience. So I call it a scaling gateway game. Well, nice. Well, here, that, that's extremely interesting, and I'm glad you say that so our boys just can know about this. But what they're really here about is what's your favorite story from PAX? So, actually, my favorite story from PAX is I was working for a company, um, Good Games Publisher. Okay, yeah. And they had a bunch of games that was on the edge of the booth, like in the corner, that uh, nobody, we couldn't really monitor. And somebody, unfortunately, tried to snag one of the games. But another con-goer said, hey, somebody's stealing the game. And they actually chased down and tackled the guy <laughs> themselves. I mean, they didn't, like, fully tackle him, but he, like, really actually grabbed him. And I just love how humble gamers are in general. And that interaction just reminded us that, like, we're all here to have fun. And when somebody goes out of the way to not have fun, you know, our community will band together and say, this is not okay. And that was a really cool experience because we wouldn't even have known that would have happened unless that random citizen just, like, decided to step up. So that was cool. Showing the worst and the best of gamers right there. Exactly. So people want to support Arbor Falls and Montage End Games, what can they do? So there's a few things you do. That, I mean, the... The best thing that I would love for anyone to do is just spread the word. I, this is my first game design. I'm self-publishing, just getting the word out there. Um, I have a Kickstarter preview page up, but the best thing you could do if you go to Facebook, uh, there's an Arbor Falls board game Facebook group. If you go in there, you can see updates. You can hear when I'm going to go live for sure. And thanks for uh, listening. Absolutely. We'll see you later, Isaac. All right, so I'm biased because I really like Isaac as a person. I think he's awesome. Uh, I think his awesome his game is awesome. I think his game hits exactly what it wants to do, and it is a comforting game to play. Now, I was a little bit worried when I was hearing that because I was like, uh-oh, is it going to be like the expansion? You open the box, and it eats part of your game, so it actually like negates part of the game, and it goes away, and you can't ever play that again, so it gets light over time. No, it's not what he was trying to say. I really like the idea of the scalability. You can start from wherever you want to. Inside the base box, it actually gets bigger and stronger. It's very cool. Uh, yes, really great. And a double story awesomeness. I love hearing about citizens on patrol. I think that is amazing. <laughs> We're policing ourselves in the best possible way. I love that. That's great. Not so much that the person tried it, but more so that someone said, hey, that's not okay, and took an effort to fix it. Hey, Voyagers, we're here with Damon from Exion Game... Exion, I'm sorry. Exion Gameworks. And you're showing off a game above it caught my eye. I want to talk to you a little bit. How are you doing, Damon? 
I'm doing great. Uh, I'm showing Wormwood, which is a tactical sci-fi card game, um, which will be launching in February on Kickstarter. So what are you hoping to achieve with Ixion? What sets it apart from other games, in your opinion? Um, well, Ixion is going to start with Wormwood as its release. Uh, it's been a, a labor of love for 10 years. Um, it, so what sets it apart? Well, it's a game that's like a, a love child of every CCG I loved when I was in, you know, growing up in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, lots of people have this kind of nostalgia, but they kind of imitate the, the combat and customizability of these games um, that it hurt your wallet, it hurt your friends. Like, <laughs> probably, like, you've had the, the experience I, I of playing you, these yeah. games. Yeah. Uh, this is intended to be as, as accessible as possible. So if you've ever tried to have somebody teach you Netrunner or, like, God forbid you tried to teach someone else or maybe a loved one <laughs> how to play a game that that's complex, um, then, you know, this is, this is a tough genre of games to get people into if they don't want to make it a lifestyle. Um, and this is meant to be uh, ideal for multiplayer, so it's designed for three to four players, unlike most games like this that are designed for these two-player tournament scenes. Uh, and we also like really lean towards lots of table talk, lots of negotiating, um, lots of socializing, like you're making a story together. Um, this is not a game that you play to create like an infinite combo to, you know, to decimate your friends yeah, or like yeah. harm a child a you're playing, yeah. Uh, that is not the kind of game that this is. Like, okay. This is a game that's designed out of the box to be played with decks that are, are balanced against each other, um, that are like fun to play by design, um, that even though if you didn't design it by yourself, you get to experience uh, making your own play style, even if you didn't make your own deck, and uh, you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna hurt your friends or have your friends hurt you. Um, you're gonna make sure that everybody at the table is having fun all at the same time, uh, no matter their skill level, whether they are like experts at these kinds of like customizable games that are relatively complex, or whether they're not used to like combat games or tactical games at all. Awesome. So here's the question we're all asking: What's your favorite memory or story from PAX? Uh, so we were here last year. Um, I do not remember if it was unplugged, but it was still PAX, uh, and we were. On the last day of the con, on the last day of the con, everybody who comes to show games is destroyed. Like we've been, we can, if we haven't been working all day, we've been doing probably twelve days, twelve hours of showing. Um, even right now, like I'm already starting to like lose sleep and my voice. Like we've got three more days of it. So everybody's like delusional, completely delusional. I get that. Um, we were doing testing out in the hall, uh, and a guy just walks up and hands me like an enormous pizza. Like I'm, I'm playing the game right now. He just hand, he puts it in front of me. He's like, "Do you want a pizza?" And and it's at that point in the con that everyone is on so little sleep that instead of questioning it at all, everybody just says, "Yeah, no, we do. We want this pizza." And everybody just like pushes their cards aside. The pizza gets set down, and we just start eating this like, like just shovel-looking pizza. And like, like just it's it's like. It's clearly been passed around before. Oh, and he's like, yeah, I, I didn't. This isn't my pizza. This was gifted to me. <laughs> so we all eat like two or three slices of the pizza. And then this French media guy comes up. And he's like, he's been covering the games that have been testing around the hall, almost like you are, but he's got like a camera. And he comes over. He's also completely out of his mind. And he's like, sets his camera down. He's like, I see you got pizza. Can I have pizza? So he says it with like a heavy French yeah. accent. And we're like, yeah, no, there's lots of pizza to go around. And he just like, just gives this long sigh. Like he can't believe this is the situation he's in, and just starts like shoveling pizza into his <laughs> mouth. <laughs> We're all just eating pizza like animals, uh, and then we couldn't finish it all, so we just kind of like ate half of the remaining gargantuan pizza and then passed it on to somebody else. 
who undoubtedly passed it on to another person. So this pizza was just passed all the way down the hall at the end of PAX. So it's everybody's pizza now. It's every, everyone's, for all I know, the pizza's still being passed on to this day. <laughs> So if people want us some more Ixion games, what can they do, Damon? Uh, you can go to www.fallofwormwood.com, and that'll give you tons of information uh, about the game, about uh, us, about like our, a little bit about our history, but a little more of a history of the world, um, and uh, how you can sign up for beta testing, how you can sign up for our mailing list, or how you can check out our uh, Kickstarter right now, which is like a pre-launch page. Awesome. Thank you so much. I'll let you buy the game. I hope you have a good rest of your con. Thank you. So I have two immediate thoughts. One community pizza is the way you eat pizza, right? Like maybe not carry it around and offer it to people, but community pizza is what pizza is. The personal pizzas for your little self, it's fine, whatever, it's it's okay. But if you're going to have a pizza, have a pizza, you know? Like so much that when four people start scarfing and get full, there's leftovers from more. That is my style of pizza. That's first. Second of all, I love when designers out there make the game that they want that doesn't exist, right? Like he has nostalgia for this time in his life where he was doing this thing and everything was great. But he was like, well, how can I do that? But do that with modern sensibilities and do it in a way that doesn't hurt my friend's wallets and like doesn't do the things that I didn't like about it. That is how we moved the hobby forward. And that's what I love. Andrew, Sadly, we have to stop here today. I know we want to go through every single one of these amazing interviews and talk about what people are showing off at PAX, but I've mm -hmm. got work and a day job and I got to get going. So we're going <laughs> to split this into it. We're already almost at the longest episode we've ever done. So we're going to split this into a two-parter. How, how does that sound? I think that's very fair. I know you are scrapping and clawing and doing everything you can just to get some sleep. So I'm going to say, yes, please don't hurt yourself. Let's do a little self-care. Let's go get yourself a bubble bath. Let's go ahead oh, yeah. and just relax and soak and decompress. And we will pick it up tomorrow and continue going on. And that'll be fine. And we'll just kind of like bookend the year. How about that? We have one, one side of one year, the other side, the other year. We'll, we'll leave it in, in one episode. Uh, that sounds good. But look forward because we'll release these. Well, this will be released Thursday, obviously. Next week, we're going to finish this this saga off. So that way, PAX is still fresh on our minds. But in the meantime, you can enjoy our interviews and enjoy listening to us. We still have lots of great stories. We have a good amount of interviews already done. And they're going to be in the future. And we're timing them pretty well so that everything stays relevant. I'm excited for what we have ahead, and plus we got some new things that we're hoping to announce soon in the future as me and Andrew kind of figure out how we're going to you know, advance and progress this podcast. But Andrew, yeah. do you have anything to leave with our listeners? Yeah. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy Holidays. Happy Holidays. As always, my name is Josh. And I'm Andrew. And this has been part one of our PEC Spectacular episode of Tabletop Summer. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to support the Tabletop Summary Podcast, please consider giving us five stars on iTunes and share this podcast with your friends, family, and other gamers in your life. See you on the next voyage.